0: cat feet sneaking among the privet hedges of time comes <laughs> yes guess Guys, and he left. It's well, a hell of a note, but uh, you know, uh, hey, I, I'd like to have a progress report here. If anybody out here, uh, any of the art uh, crowd listening tonight, the progress report. We'd like to get uh, find out what's uh, happening. About three or four months ago, I did a note on the air uh, from Salt Lake City. A 22-year-old British traveler who calls himself a conceptual artist. And it's a quote says, he is halfway through the letter E. In a plan to write the word Earth across five continents. Gigantic letters. The only way to see my sculptor is just to know it's there and that somebody did it, Simon English of Hertfordshire said. He uh, came into the marshes of the Great Salt Lake and piled up rocks and woods to form the middle dot on the middle barb as E. He's making a gigantic word on five continents going to be five continents, each one with an enormous letter on it. So if, you know, if you're living in Mars and you've got a telescope, and you you, you adjust the, uh, the fine-tuning adjustment on the telescope, it'll come into focus and it'll say Earth on it. it. says It should know what it is. It's Earth. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we sent a, a a space probe way out someplace to Venus, or, you know, say, say to Saturn, which is way the hell out there, you know, or Pluto, which is even further out than the in the uh, solar system and it flies past and it comes on television you see this great big uh, <laughs> letters on the side it says Pluto
1: <laughs> what a fantastic
0: thought you know <laughs> and, and I've often wondered how how, uh, how the uh, you know how the idea of naming our earth earth came about now uh, we're named earth everybody knows we're earth but there must have been a time when this place had no name I mean, it was just a you know big, big old, uh, uh, big old meatball there, flattened, flying through the air, and and uh, the first that must have been a fantastic moment. I mean, it it must have been the turning point, uh, or, or at least one of the great turning points in the history of man, because I, I don't think that the the golfers know that it's Earth they're living on. Now, I just, again, I don't want to make a uh, I don't want to make a uh, flat statement. I just said I don't think so. No, I, I just so don't immediately write me a letter that your gopher knows and, and uh, all the rest of it. Uh, there's always somebody who's defending uh, the animals if you say something bad. I, 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 I don't mean anything bad about animals because they don't know it's earth that they're living on. I don't mean that. However, at uh, the moment that Og, those two antediluvian archetypes, Og and Charlie, two very, very early men, were so early in the history of mankind that this occurred because you know the concept of earth has been found in even the most primitive of tribes they are living on earth and they think of it as as a flat dish others think of it as a round thing others think of it as a wheel but they all think in terms of a thing that they're on and it's a finite thing it does not stretch forever Do you know that? that uh, that you, you you know what it would seem pretty obvious though when you're if if you didn't know better and you were very early in your in man's development if you're squatting there on a on a stump and you your fur you know you've got fur you didn't have hair in those days i mean uh, your guy doesn't have hair he has fur it comes down and uh he's got these beetling eyes he's looking around and he his his mind is very faintly beginning to work and it sees. It sees uh, a hazy outline of, of, of trees around. Cause see the eyes didn't work very well in the beginning. You know that. Nothing worked so good. I mean, actually, it wasn't very good. Man in his evolution ha- had to become uh, had to be per- perfected. Do you know that very early in man's evolution, the knees didn't bend very well. They have uh, very early bones, and they couldn't walk bigger. They, they, they kind of scrunched along, and, and his eyes are peering around. How did he see the Earth? Did he see it as going forever?
1: Must have gone on forever.
0: Just keep going. Just keep going on and on and on. Maybe that's the way it is really, ultimately. And so the, the, that moment when Og climbs out of the uh, antediluvian mud sits on the shore of that ancient lake, it was great. They didn't have clouds in those days. They didn't have sky. See, the sky was not yet invented. Uh, the sky, as we know it, did not come into being until the late 12th century. But prior to that, uh, the earth was, was gray. Trees! You know when trees began? Trees began about 500 years before Christ. first trees began to develop. No trees. Uh, there had been trees earlier, but of a different type, like ferns. Stuff like that. And uh, so this ancient man, sitting on this hard soil of of baked clay on the shore of the lake looks around and tries to form a concept of what it is that was an important point the concept of what it is what the hell is it about an important important difference no man prior to that time had ever asked what it's about
1: what is it Tell us all this. They had
0: said other things, but not that. And Og, the great pivotal creature—you couldn't really call him a man yet—they were creatures, the great pivotal creature, squatting on the shore of the lake, and his friend Char, or Charlie, as they called him, you know, the close acquaintances, came struggling up the shore, carrying. An armload of clams. They had been living on clams for millennia. They had discovered many, many thousands of years before that the clam was edible, which was a fantastic discovery, too. Because at first glance, you wouldn't believe it. But they had discovered this. And they were surrounded by great heaps of clam shells, midden heaps, as they are called, to. Uh, anthropologists and people who studied this, so you'd call them garbage heaps it's, you're leaving your own midden heaps behind, you know, you understand that you realize vast areas of Jersey are one enormous midden heap and uh, scientists of a thousand years are going to have one hell of a great time digging up those junkyards <laughs> along Route 46, I'll tell you <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there and Og looks over at Charlie and his, his brow is twisted into the first seen on earth, expression of perplexity. There have been many other expressions seen before that. Anger, irritation, confusion, truculence, the fighting expression, the sex expression. But this is the first time a look of complete perplexity. Og is perplexed. Just the way he saw Clarence or Charlie come up that shore it was the way Charlie was walking the way the sky hung over him, that grayness the way the, the mist rose off the lake that got him thinking for the first time <laughs> he said Fog hunched down on his haunches there for a long moment two, three months went by Reaction time was very slow in those days. At which point Og suddenly looked up into the mist and said
1: mm-hmm.
0: Again. A look of perplexity crosses his, his craggy features, flickers his fur a bit. His great nostrils sniff the wind. Charlie finally answered. Mm-hmm. Which roughly translates, it's not an exact translation I can give you this because their phraseology was a little different in those days. The rough translation is, What the hell did you say? What was that? Og answered and repeated his original statement. <coughs> At which point Charlie turned and faced him full on and with a roar of
1: rage went, Hey, Gugweya! <coughs>
0: which roughly again translates means what kind of you? Some kind of a nut? What are you? What kind of a nutty thing was that to say? And the nutty thing that Og had said, which thoroughly enraged Charlie, is what is it all about? What are we sitting on? Why? And even to this day, the descendants of Og are still asking that. Man has divided it into two vast groups. Those who wonder what it's all about and the slobs who know what it's all about. Getting to McDonald's and getting another gigantic cheeseburger, tying one on tonight and trying to pick up a chick in Hackensack. They know what it's about. They know. They say
1: there's a time in life for everything. For Dubonnet, the time is before. Uh, before that's the time to think about some Dubonnet. To drink your boys, the proper time of day. To have yourself a Dubonnet. Good boy, yeah, before. It's the time before for Dubonnet.
0: Some wines are made to go with lunch or dinner. Some after. But Dubonnet tastes different because it's made to go before. Before the steak, before whatever you've got cooking. Just pour it over the rock. Add a twist. Soda, if you like. That's Dubonnet before. Made to make what comes after that
1: much better. Before, yeah, before. The time before for Dubonnet.
0: Dubonnet Company, New York, New York. Yeah, that great mystery of what it's all about has <laughs> bugged. You don't mind if I, if I salute one of our early ancestors. In fact, it's actually two early ancestors. It's hard to believe that, you know, that, 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 that the sensitive, uh, questioning, uh, introspective people, you know, such as us, <laughs> and the slobs, come from the same root stock. It's hard to believe that. I mean, have you ever sat in a diner and seen this? You know, this guy with this, with this, uh, with this uh, satin jacket, with the jeans. You know, with the with the low brow, the 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 hair grows right down to the end of his nose. You know, the guy that's sitting there, squatting there, knocking down a hamburger, eating it with two hands. Have you noticed that so many commercials these days cater to the slob world? Not only cater to him, but they tell him he's the son of the oint. <laughs> I can use the type of expression uh, that you know they always use that kind of expression you, have you seen the one where the, where, the, where the poor guy is sitting in this joint and uh, someplace that you know he's, he's an elegant little man he's a little thin guy a little worried looking guy and he's sitting next to what looks like a gigantic root free uh, jersey slob and they're eating hamburgers and he's got his arm on the, on the poor little guy's uh, plate did you see that one? <laughs> the little guys trying to guess who is who, who is the hero at it? The slob, of course. Oh yeah, many commercials. That reminds me. If we t- this is W O R New York, and uh, we got all kinds of goodies here for you tonight in the commercial world. I I'll tell you why. I I'm not going to do any more commercials right now. So you can relax a minute there. This is our last night on on 10:15 uh, shot. For those of you who are listening tonight. Beginning Monday night, we are going on at eleven fifteen. The word, so don't tune in next Monday night at uh, ten fifteen, and and uh, you'll hear this solid buzz come out of your head. what the uh, what happened to shipping, huh? Uh, call up the station. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be on at eleven fifteen. You notice I play a slob. Well, uh, oh yes, I've uh, I've studied the genus much. I, I uh, the way uh, the way other people study. Uh, Oh, I study the snake, anthropology, leaves. I have studied Slavus Americanus under a microscope. And I, have, I can walk like them. I can talk like them. I can, I can use the phraseology and even the ideas. You know, it's, it's all part of a complex. But uh, we will be on at 1115 beginning next, uh, next Monday, right? And uh, the devil take the hindmost. And, you know, while we're, while we're speaking of uh, various uh, announcements we should make here along uh, that particular line, uh, we have a, a, a thing that I've been wanting to mention here. Uh, the New Jersey Cultural Council, tomorrow, this is Saturday, this is a, the New Jersey Cultural Council. Now, I've gotten letters from people saying, isn't that a contradiction in terms? However, <laughs> the New Jersey Cultural Council is having its annual auction at Bergen Community College on Paramus Road in Paramus, New Jersey. And when does it start? Let's see, auction 70. Anyway, their auction begins at uh, 7.30 p.m. They're going to have their auction at 8.30 p.m. They're going to have their big auction with Edward O'Reilly, the auctioneer associated with the Plaza Art Galleries of New York, a big auction tomorrow night at 8.30 at the Bergen Community College uh, for the benefit of the North Jersey Cultural Council. Now, why I'm talking about this is that I have two things which are being auctioned off there for charity, that is for the New Jersey Cultural Council, and it's very important to me that you listen carefully to this. Now, all you all you, you kid types over there who have heard me mention guinea pigs, you perhaps are aware of the fact that Shepard is a dedicated guinea pig cuckoo. Did you know that, Bill? Oh, yeah, I'm a guinea pig type, and I and I, uh, I have guinea pigs, and I, I dig guinea pigs. I raise guinea pigs, <laughs> and they're great. They're, 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 I, think, I think a guinea pig, among all the world's small animals, grows more on you in a curious, subtle way than any other animal I've ever seen. First of all, a guinea pig is not like a rabbit. Don't confuse them with rabbits. A guinea pig has a specific personality. Every guinea pig I've seen is different from any other guinea pig. They're different. They talk. You know the guinea pig has a high fluting whistle that sounds a little bit like a large bird. You've heard it, Jerry. They go, they'll go, <laughs> I can't do it. But they they have various. You you learn their language. You know. They, yeah, there's a there's a sex call. The the guinea pig sex call goes roughly like this. When he sees a chick in the next cage, oh man, are they something. Bruh. Now, a, a guinea pig anger call when he sees another male, for example, is whoop whoop, 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 That's different. Now, a guinea pig who is demanding lettuce, now guinea pigs demand lettuce almost constantly, uh, and they, they learn that when you open your refrigerator, that the moment that refrigerator door is open, he can be 400 feet away. He detects a refrigerator door opening. Instantly, he demands lettuce. He relates the refrigerator to the lettuce. So the minute you open your refrigerator door, he will go, tweet, 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 roughly that way. Now, upon gaining his lettuce and settling down to a lettuce debauch, the guinea pig will settle down and go, tweet,
1: tweet, tweet, tweet,
0: tweet. That's a happy guinea pig. There are various guinea pig other subtle language variations which you will learn. Now, the reason I'm mentioning all this is that a bonafide son of my guinea pig Conway Tweedy and uh, this lady he's been hanging around with, a very sensitive lady named Loretta. These are Peruvian guinea pigs. They're elegant Peruvian guinea pigs. A genuine son of Conway Tweedy is going to be auctioned off tomorrow to any kid who can get his own man down there at the Bergen Community College, 400 Paramus Road in Paramus, New Jersey at 8.30 p.m. And he's a beauty. You saw him, Jerry. It's a beautiful little tricolored, it's what they call a a tricolor Peruvian guinea pig. Elegant. And and, uh, you're curious as to his name. Shall I give you his name? Ludlow. His name is Ludlow. Named after a character from my novel, In God We Trust, All of Us Pay Cash. Ludlow. And Ludlow will go on the auction block tomorrow... (laughs) At eight thirty, <laughs> for the benefit of the North Jersey Cultural Council. Now take good care of him. I'll tell you, I'll come out and personally bust your neck, kid, if you mistreat this guinea pig. Beautiful little animal, and uh, he's a, he's an authentic, uh, absolutely healthy, beautiful Peruvian tricolor guinea pig. Incidentally, uh, he will also come with uh, with a box of food for him. He will come. I, I sent along a book on how to take care of him and uh, you'll just have to scr- scratch up a cage for them and you're in business. Okay? Oh, another thing. One of my line drawings, an original line drawing, is also going on on uh, the auction block over there at the New Jersey Cultural Council Saturday, the 5th of May, at Bergen Community College at 8.30 p.m. So get out there and, and, and scratch. And you know, by the way, speaking of uh, quick announcements, I've got to get them all out of the way here quickly. Uh, we're going to be at A&S, because there've been a lot of people writing, we're going to be at Abraham and Strives in the book department. When Hempstead, Long Island, uh, it's going to be in Hempstead Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon. I will be there in the book department. Okay. Now let us return to the land of the living. Uh, Why well, <laughs> that means commercials? How about it, Bill? Hit the hit the button there.
1: I yeah, give
0: me my juice, R.P. I want to fall in with this guy car, You
1: don't mind if I sit in with you, Caleb, do you? Round and round. Yeah. Those all right, let's go, Hey. Piston engine goes. But the Mazda goes. You can't hear the valves. You can't hear the cam. It's got fewer parts, so there's nothing to jam. No rods or pistons to rubber grind. Just a rotary engine. You can really wind Piston engine goes. But the Mazda goes. So if you're getting tired of costly repair and you want the mechanic out of your hair, do what I did and save some brain. Go out and get yourself the clean machine. Piston engine goes. But the Mazda goes. Yeah. Get yourself a Mazda in
0: Westport, Connecticut. Your Mazda dealer is Mazda of Westport. Logically enough, you like that. I, that, that that thing. Since this is my last 10:30 uh, show, uh, I, I've uh, I'm going to bow to public uh, uh, public demand here, and not only will I be doing some commercials. Let's see, we got. Uh, let's do a couple of commercials first, and then we'll bow to public demand. Let's see, we got prosies here. Let's see, where's my Prozies spot? Yeah, Prozies, Prozies. Oh, yeah, yeah, Prozies. Let's see. Uh, Prozies, it's a big Army-Navy store over on, uh, on the Jersey side, on uh, 121 Main Street in Hackensack. And Prozies uh, for men and boys at 35 Ridge Road in North Arlington, and they're giving away a poster, a landlubber poster, it's called. All you got to do is come into Prozies, any one of their two stores, and just say, you heard about it. You know, just walk in, Hey, I heard about the post on W R They'll give you know your jersey. You got to use the language though. They'll, they'll give you they'll give you a poster and then you can get the hell out. However, <laughs> it's a great uh, it's a great uh, Army Navy store. They have bells, sneakers, work shoes, jeans, the whole the whole bit. You know everything that all good uh, Army Navy stores have. And incidentally, it says if you're a purchasing agent for a company that supplies work clothes, call Mr. Prosy himself at 201-489-9191. That's uh, Prozzi's Army Navy Store, 121 Main Street in Hackensack, and Prozies for Men and Boys at 35 Ridge Road in North Arlington. Remember, mention WR and get your free landlubber poster. Let's see, we've got Prozies, Mazda, Dubinay. How about, uh, how about Valentine, huh? Hey, I guess who was in there
2: yesterday? Wally stumble? You know, we'll follow around the grocery store in the corner. Well, Wally drops in for his regular Valentine beer, and you know what? Seems his amnesia's come back again. Connery says, it's bad, this time, real bad. I've forgotten how to make change. Can't seem to remember anything. And I say, Wally, bet it's not as bad as you think, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to describe a familiar object, and you're going to tell me what it is, okay? Now, what's terrifically refreshing, has three rings on the label, and is chock full of purity, body, and flavor. Well, a Wally thinks about it a while. Don't tell me, he says I can get this. Finally, he says, Connor, it's one of two things. Them little packs of yogurts or some kind of bird. And there he was with a bottle of Valentine beer right there in front of him. So I say, Wally, that's close enough. Looks to me like you're coming out of it. Some world, huh? Here, let me
0: get you another Valentine. on the house. Hey, could you follow that complicated story? I never can get what the hell he's talking about. Ballantyne Bach beer is now available. Falstaff Brewing Corporation, St. Louis, Missouri, and other yogurts. Other cities. (laughs) I don't know. You know, uh, uh, all right, all right. uh, I've I've been getting all kinds of... uh, Absolutely. You can't can't turn down public demand at a certain point. you just got to go with it. And... uh, and one of the uh, one of the things that has been a, a rising public demand is for Shepard to sing "The Bear Meets the Train," so "The Bear Misses the Train," "The Bear Missed the Train." Have you got it in there, Bill? Okay, don't play it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm
1: not gonna.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know whether I, why I should do this. You know, it it uh, it uh, it you know. I guess I guess I can't take fame. It's, it, that's what it is. It's, uh, I'm I'm not accustomed to handling. Uh, uh, prosperity and, and the public demand for me to sing The Bear Missed the Train is uh, just getting impossible to deny or ignore. In fact, there was a group of ladies down in front of the station yesterday. Well, I can't exactly say they were ladies, they were about 18 years old. They had these leather skirts on, and all uh, oh, that. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going there. And uh, they had a big sign says, uh, The Bear Missed the Train this Friday, or L Shepard. So, uh, please, if you will, please.
1: Bear. Yeah, oh, a bear. bear. <laughs> All together, gang. Now let's sing it. i bring it up a bit. The bear, Mr. Train. Oh, the bear, Mr. Train. The bear, Mr. Train. And now he's walking. Ba-ba-da-doo. The bear, Mr. Train. Oh, the bear, Mr. Train. The bear, Mr. Train. And now he's walking. Now he's walking. All right, sing it up. Listen carefully. There, Mr. Here comes the chorus now.
0: Oh, God. You, know, you have no idea how tough that is. Yeah, it takes great concentration. It's an enormous uh, range of that piece of music. And, uh, of course, it has religious overtones, too, and you got to approach it right. The, the great uh, enigma of life is when it's discussing bear missed the train. And uh, that bear is every bear. And uh, that bear is all of us. It's us. Uh, it's every us. And he missed the cosmic train. You mean you didn't get that out of that? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Uh, you didn't hear all the words. But just, do it again. Well, please. Uh, yes, yes. Set it, reset it. You mean you didn't get that? That's what that's about. It's, it's, a, it's a, actually, it's... A, it's, a, it's a, how can I use the expression? It's a Kierkegaardian in its, uh, in its cosmic approach to the eternal train that all of us are cosmically and eternally missing. It is every bear... Bear missed the train. Now notice
1: that. Bear missed the train. The bear missed the train, and now he's walking. You see, he's a bear. Missed the train. The bear, bear missed, train. missed the train. The bear, train. bear missed the train, and now he's walking. The bear missed the train. See the reiteration bear of the theme. Train. The, the bear, bear missed the train, and now he's walking. Now listen to this. He's walking far. Now he's walking near. He's trying everything. He's wiping the car And he's drinking a glass of beer Just like everybody else Bear missed the train Bear missed train He's
0: still missing Bear missed the train And now he's walking all right. Now you didn't see the Kierkegaardian overtones to that it's, uh, it's, you know, after all uh, man, uh, man, bear, turtle, and chipmunk are all in it together and, the, and no, the, the overtones of that are deeply religious. Now, uh, speaking of the religiosity, uh, Bill, if you please, uh, we're not going to put that on again. No, that's that's all over now because uh, I don't like to disturb the, you know, the people on the Friday night in their happy uh, peasant-like pleasures. Uh, but uh, you know, it is. Uh, you cannot put down Kierkegaard with a with a snort like that. No way. Now, th- this is more uh, in in many ways. A uh, Kafka-esque. Uh, this next piece that we're going to do tonight, again, due to public demand, which is overwhelming in its in its uh, in its uh, in its deluge-like quantity. Uh, do you have it all set in there, please? All right. We've we've had many many people write to us and say, would you please explain the curious Kafka-esque quality uh, that you once alluded to very briefly when you did your version which incidentally was recorded in your your high school auditorium this is a, a recording of my high school band and chorus doing a well-known piece of music please all right all together
1: now <laughs> Now,
0: for those of you who are students of uh, the late Franz Kafka, you recognize that, that Kafka was always concerned with the eternal enigmatic aspect of life, the blank wall that seems to surround all of us in spite of the moments of illusory illumination. And so the great chase through the fields and the dells of ancient Switzerland the William Tell Overture. And who was William Tell? Do you know anything about William Tell? Well, to understand the Kafka legend related to the William Tell Overture and the the strange, blank, concrete-like, enigmatic face of a man about to split an apple asunder can only be understood by those who they themselves have questioned that lint-like quality of the mystery of all time. With goest thou? Bring it up, please, if you will. Yes. It's also, by the way, happened to be our high school pep song, which adds to the curious nightmare elements to it. You cannot ignore that totally. And yes. This is a salute to the volleyball team in this is the girls' volleyball team, I might add. <laughs> Indeed. It's just heartbreaking sometimes in this intensity. But, please. We... Come on,
1: come on, that's enough.
0: I mean, come on. You can just pursue me far enough, and no, I've got my breaking point. I like anyone else. Now, I might say, though, that the that the essence of of the heartbreaking quality of the Kafka legend as contained in what you just heard. Again, I must say that Kafka is. Uh, some people do relate, and and because of the very introspection uh, that they are indulged in, the introspective quality of their own nature, understand. Only in a hazy way, what Kafka was trying to say, as he himself only understood in the hazy. It's a hazy way. In other words, it's a it's a communication of hazy concepts, uh, and the fear, of course, that was all part of the world of Kafka, of the metamorphosis we all know, uh, was incidentally alluded to in the second chorus, on that uh, piece of music you just heard. Uh, these uh, these uh, these problems that. Uh, that uh, seem to have a, uh, a, an easy handle by which they can be solved uh, only lend themselves often to the aesthetic experience. It's, uh, for example, despair is much easier to uh, describe, to delineate, and even in some cases to evoke uh, by using uh, more visceral imagery rather than the more precise language of the tongue. Uh, Bill, do you have that prepared in there for me? Do you have anything in there ready for me? Hold it there, just one moment, please. Now, now, here, here's an example of what I meant by that. Uh, set it up in there, Bill. Thank you. The third one that I had in there. Uh, as, as we've, uh, have we, uh, constantly have striven. Uh, the, the, in fact, the entire, what art is about, uh, what, the, what life is often about, is a constant attempt. Uh, to, to uh, communicate, to delineate feelings, to illuminate dark corners of experience, or even what we call the nega-experience, which is a very interesting problem. It's the experience that is not only not experienced, but it's a negative experience. In other words, an experience, uh, the reciprocal of an experience. Now, for example, uh, we all... Uh, uh, this is Friday. Uh, we accept Friday as Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday, right? Friday. It's a specific day of the week, and it's a specific uh, uh, day of the month, and it's a specific uh, month of the year. It's May. It's a specific year, 1973. And yet, there are many philosophers who will point out to you that the that the that every every thing in nature has its mirror reversed image. It's, uh, it's a Newtonian concept of physics. Every action has a reaction. Uh, you follow this. And so the, the concept of negative matter is becoming more and more important in the world of negaphysics, which is the world of the negative physics of negative beings and uh, entities, really, I suppose you would say. And so there must be a negative Friday so the reverse of Friday is the Nega Friday. Now, this is a difficult concept, and only through the use of uh, specific techniques can we show you this. We can't actually show you the concept. Can we feel the concept? The concept of the Nega world, or the Nega Friday, the Nega Wednesday. Now, let's assume that you're going with a girl named Marcia. Marsha, Fordham Road. You know good old Marsha. Marsha Bugleblast. You're going with Marsha Bugleblast from Fordham Road, right? She walks down the street. You see Marsha. She occupies a certain space. And she occupies it rather well. Good old Marsha. And uh, Marsha approaches. Now, according to the nega concept of the theorem of matter and nega matter that there is not only a Marsha that is approaching you, but a nega Marsha. A negative Marsha. A Marsha which lies beyond, above, and in another plane of existence than the Marsha that you're hanging around with and going down to McDonald's with tonight, sitting around the back seat of the Pontiac and trying to make the scene with, right? It's the nega Marsha that is constantly causing the curious jangling of the... Contact that man should make with other being. In short, the concept of the Nega Marsha meeting the Nega Clarence and forming an alliance is not beyond the possibility. And so the sound of this Nega music, listen carefully. Mozart being played by an elderly aunt on a slide whistle.
1: This
0: incidentally was my Aunt Clara playing a slide whistle, in you're curious.
1: This Plays the hell out of it. Used to sit in front of her, her Sears robot, record player, playing mosaic, playing a slide whistle.
0: you down too far. Oh, yes, by the way, uh, we'd like to give you a suggestion to discover Shoe Town for thousands of eyes on... And... Oh, you got the, you got it in there? Oh, good. Hit it, please. In the guise of Lionel Marshall, proprietor of Shoe Town stores, is the man with super shoeman powers known the world over as Super Shoe. Today we find Lionel in the stock room of the Shoe Town store in Avon, Connecticut. Oh,
2: Lionel, there you are.
1: Oh, hi, Lois.
2: Lionel, is that Super Shoes cape sticking out from behind your jacket? Cape? Lois? What? I know that Super Shoe just returned from a trip around the world selecting up-to-date, famous brand shoes for you to sell at incredibly low Shoe Town prices. And to tell you the truth, Lionel, when Super Shoes not around, you're not around either.
1: As Lois discovered Super Shoes' secret, have you
0: discovered Shoe town?
1: Yes, discover Shoetown for
0: thousands of buys on famous brand first quality summer footwear. Right now, Shoe Town is filled with summer bargains. It says braggings here. For men and ladies, all Shoe Town price for many dollars less than at other stores. And for the kids, Shoe Town is bursting with sandals, famous brand sneakers, and rugged outdoor wear perfect for camp. All a tremendous savings. Don't forget, the newest Shoetown is in Freehold, New Jersey. There, do we do that? yes you know i i I, uh, I didn't mean really to uh to uh, get uh, so deeply philosophical uh as we did tonight. Uh, I have to apologize for those of you out there who were offended by that, and uh, philosophy often offends me i mean when some guy gets up you know and he starts to to uh, to philosophize like uh, uh you know shall we go to the dairy queen or shall we not that is the question uh is it uh or would it be far wiser? Uh, perhaps that's why some of us relate to Hamlet and others don't. This constant holding in your hand the desiccated skull of a past friend and saying, "Alas, poor Manny, I knew him well." And uh, you have to, you have to, you have to sometimes, though, approach it as best you can, limpingly, struggling up the the vast side of a pyramid of your own making a being. So, you know, what are you going to do? You know, sometimes you got to do it. You just got to push, man. It's like Sisyphus. <laughs> oh, there was a... You know about the myth of Sisyphus? Of course you do shoving that poor rock up the side of that hill. Oh, my God almighty, that was a bad news scene.
1: He'd get it halfway up and it'd start rolling back down on him again, and then he'd push it again, and then it rolled down, and then he'd get it almost to the top. He's going almost to the top, and then it'd start rolling down again, and he just couldn't stop doing it.
0: Oh, and sometimes it makes you wonder, doesn't it? They make a nice show, you know. I think a great half-hour drama. Yeah, I could see it starring Ernest Borgnine as Sisyphus. I mean, you know, the problem with Sisyphus has no talent. That's been Borknine's problem, too, for years. But he's got one hell of an agent. Now, had, had Sisyphus got himself a decent agent, he'd have got that rock up there all right. So, you know, you got to learn how to move it, man. You just don't you're stand down in the bottom and shove, you know. So, you know, you just got to throw your shoulders into it. And I'm sorry if I offended you. Don't forget, Abraham and Strauss, tomorrow at 2 o'clock in Hempstead, Long Island. That's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be there with my rock trying to push it up the hill. Get a little trouble there. Yeah, lift a little. But, of course, you can sing it if you want to. Yeah, old man River. He just keeps rolling. He just keeps rolling. You know what that's about, don't you?
1: That's,
0: uh... It's pure Carlisle. You know Carlisle's concept of the Superman?
1: Old man River keeps rolling along. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Just keeps rolling along. Don't say nothing. Don't <laughs> it's, uh,
0: very existentialist in the ultimate sense of the word. It's almost Jean Paul Sark. If it isn't Gloria Steinem.
1: But uh bring it up there, please, Manny, please. No, uh, Manny, if you get off the floor, will you? Come on, Manny. Stand up. Stand up, and say it to him. Holler it right out. Yes!